You know, I've been praying about something uh, along, well, for a while. Just been praying and really seeking God. And Greg and I were talking about some things because he said, you know, he said, Pastor, you have, uh, all your friends are getting old. <laughs> well, they're, and they're all really good ministers and they're all wonderful, but he's right. You know, he's right. He said, do we know any young ministers that uh, that are out there now, and and there are a few that are that are actually starting to do some things, but I didn't really know too many. I didn't really know, and I was praying about some things, and uh, so Pastor Pam and I were praying about some stuff, and she said, "Why don't you have some of the guys that you're mentoring that are here that have been in your church, that you know they know the Word of God and God's given them anointing?" So I began to pray about that, and uh, and so because. I, I trust them, and I do that, and that's why we've had different ones minister and stuff. And, it, and no offense to to Sam and Sam, but we're and me, we're all a little, you know, close to the, Sam. Well, the other Sam was not here. He's a lot older than we are, but praise the Lord. I love that Sam Bessler. He's pray, Sam, if you're watching, you know I love you, buddy. But because uh, Sam and I, we we a lot younger, so it's good. But anyways, but we're still considered, you know, we're we're, we're you know we're up there a little bit too. But anyway, so we begin to pray. I begin to pray about that, and I begin to just seek the Lord about it. And uh, uh, you know, there was a name that came up, and, and just some things that as I was praying. So I asked the young man. I said, "Listen, I want you to just pray about this. I want you to get ready because I believe God wants you to share a word with our congregation here." And so he put me off for a while, <laughs> which is okay. But you know, as I, I'm going to introduce that he's precious and he's, uh, he's been, I just, I've watched him, uh, over, uh, his life. And, uh, he happened to marry a very special young lady that's, I've known her since I think she was 13. And, uh, you know, so, uh, blessing and, and I just a real, pre- and he is precious because he's always so faithful. You know, one of the things about it is, is that he's so faithful to do and he's always been such a blessing to me. He's been in our church a long time and, and a real precious, precious brother. And, uh, I, I'm going to let him come out. And of course, you know, this is the first time you're going to get to hear him. Actually, it's going to be the first time I get to hear him too. So Ryan, come on out here. Hallelujah. So. Mr. Ryan Heinrich here, who's awesome, and he's always playing the guitar for you. Just, you know, no matter what, no matter what transpires, he's always been a blessing, and I just know God's got a great thing in store. And he's also a very, very smart young man, okay? You know, he teaches physics, chemistry at the high school here and everything. Uh, so uh, he's just really, you know, he may use some big words. Just just hold out there. It's okay. All right. So glory to God. Go ahead, buddy. Be blessed. Amen. Hey, why don't you give him a good round of applause, guys? Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Am I on? I'm good? I'm live? All right. All right. Well, like you said, I put it off for a little bit uh, because like many of you, you know, you don't want to tout yourself. You don't want to put yourself somewhere that God doesn't want you, right? And so, um, but uh, I believe that tonight I'm supposed to speak on the authority of the believer, and it's, it's something that we need to reestablish ourselves on, maybe something we need to get renewed in. So let's start with praying, right? Let's start praying. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now, God, that your word is going to go forward with power, God. Holy Spirit, just, uh, just work through me and say what you want to say to your people, God, your body of Christ. Father, I thank you that you are moving and that your grace is sufficient to help me right now. And uh, it's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. 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 
All right, so in studying this topic, like any truth of God, I was tremendously blessed, and I got encouraged. The more and more I dug in, the more I, I looked at Scripture, I read a book, The Authority of the Believer. I highly recommend that for anyone to read from Kenneth Hagin, uh, listening to sermons. And so the more and more I soaked in the Word of God, just the more and more I got established. And so what am I talking about? I'm talking about faith. Faith came because I was hearing from the Word of God over and over and over again. So let's look at Romans 10, 17 real quick. Uh, Turn there with me if you would. I will as well. New King James Version. Okay. Okay. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. That's pretty straightforward, right? So then faith comes by hearing, but by hearing by the Word of God. So just once, do we hear just once and establish this faith, this full persuasion that's supposed to stand against the things we see in front of us and the circumstances? We can't just look at it once. We have to look at it repeatedly, Amen. over and over Amen. again. And it's, it's, a, it's a game of repetition. Just like any athlete would repeat something over and over again to become proficient, we've got to look at the word concerning any subject, in this case authority, over and over again and from a lot of different um, scriptures. And so why do we want faith as Christians? Why do we want faith? So we can just say to other people, we believe it? Is that why we want faith? If you ask yourself, how important is faith to me? My faith in God and the promises of God are what produce in my life. When we have faith in the word of God and what it says, it produces in our life. So let's go to Hebrews 11, 1 through 6. Hebrews 11, 1 through 6. Let me get over there. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith. When we have faith, which comes by hearing by the word of God, we have a substance that comes about, a tangible formation that comes about because we believe God's word. And that tangible formation shows up in our life if we have that faith in what the word of God says. And it goes on to say that faith is the evidence of things not seen. So a lot of times we can't see the things that we're believing for yet. But when we are fully persuaded, when we have an unwavering assuredness about that word, it actually is the proof that that thing is ours. It is the proof that that thing is ours. And so I looked up the word assuredness, and I love this definition. So faith, an unwavering assuredness, it means a great coolness and composure under strain. A great, a, I will, a great coolness and composure under strain. Because when we're holding on to God and we're saying, hey, God, I believe you above all else, it's usually because all hell is breaking loose, right? It's usually there's a pressure or a strain in our lives, and we're holding on to his word because he is faithful who promised. Amen? So it's a coolness and composure under strain, and that's going to produce in our lives. So enough about faith, but we need to understand that when we're looking at something like authority, healing, uh, provision, those kinds of things, we need to immerse ourselves in the Word of God and get fully, fully, fully persuaded. So let's look at what the Word of God has to say about authority. Okay? So I'm going to break this down to three, uh, three areas. Foundation. We've got to have a foundation in the Word for why we have authority in Jesus Christ. 
application, what does that look like? And then how are we going to stand when it even seems like it's not working? All right. Okay, so these are the three things we're going to put. So let's look at foundation first. All right. Turn to Ephesians 1, 16 through 23. Ephesians 1, 16 through 23. All right. Oh, wrong chapter. There we go. 16 through 23. All right. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, which is already awesome, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. How great is that power? Let's look on here. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. That's the exceeding greatness of his power toward you who believes. It's resurrection power. And it's inside all of us. If we're born again. So he raised him from the dead, and here it comes, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet. I'm going to stop there for a moment and come back to the rest. There it is. That's Christ's position. And none of us would argue that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, far above all power, might, dominion, and every name that is named in this age and that which is to come, right? And all things are under his feet. So his position definitely puts him over dominions and powers. Now, what are they talking about? Those principalities, those powers, those dominions? Those are actually demons or the presence of demonic activity, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. These are the things that we can't see that are set against us from from the devil, right? The devil himself. But Jesus, before we get freaked out about any of that, Jesus is far above, far above all of these influences. Okay, which is awesome. So we don't need to be scared as Christians of, of these things. We need to know our rights. We need our rights. Yes, so all of that's under his feet. And let's pick up there uh, in verse 23, uh, no, verse 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him, Jesus, to be head over all things to the church. So he's head over us, the church, which is his body, where his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Right, so we just saw that, hey, Jesus is above it all. He's above it all, but he's also the head over us, the church, and we're his body. Now, how many of you go a certain place and your head goes and your body doesn't go? Right, right. You might have already heard this analogy. Your head doesn't go somewhere and your body doesn't follow. Your body obviously follows. Who's his body? We're his body. Are we up there with him right now spiritually? Yes. You might say, hey, we're inferring that. You're inferring that right now. It doesn't explicitly say that. Well, I'm happy you had that quick moment of doubt. Let's put that to rest. Go over to Ephesians 2, 1 through 7. Ephesians 2, 1 through 7. Okay, so let's read through this one together. And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, that's the devil, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also 
We all once conducted ourselves in the lust of flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, I love but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, praise God, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And here it comes. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Raised us up. I'm just going to sit on that for a second. Think about that. He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's a past tense phrase. He already did it. The second you made Jesus the Lord of your life, You were made alive spiritually, and boom, there you went spiritually to be risen up to sit with Christ in heavenly places. So if we're tracking here, what does that mean about our position? What does that mean about our position? Remember, I'm a teacher, so I like participation, right? What does that mean about our position? We're in heavenly places. We are in Christ in heavenly places, and therefore all of those powers, dominions, and mights are under our feet, right? Okay, as if that wasn't uh, enough, man, Jesus is awesome. He gives us more. If you look at Luke ten nineteen, so go to Luke ten nineteen with me. Remember, we're establishing a foundation, and we want to always have more than one scripture on any particular subject if we're going to run with it, right? So go to Luke ten nineteen. Right here, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Jesus is talking here, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Do we have to be scared of these powers? No. Can we exercise our authority as believers over these powers that are trying to influence us and our loved ones and people around us? Yes. Now, your translation might say, behold, I give you the power to trample on serpents. And I I love diving in. I didn't dive in too much, but I did dive in here. Um, That power, that first word power, if it's in yours, actually means authority, control, or jurisdiction. So behold, I give you jurisdiction. That's exousia, the Greek word exousia, uh, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power. Now, that power is different. That's ability, might, or capacity. So he gave us jurisdiction to tread on all the power or the might or ability of the enemy. So that really just settles it for me when I look at that kind of word study. All right. Whoo, that's awesome, right? <laughs> Now, Jesus gave this to the early disciples, so it belongs to us too. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. This is ours. This is our inheritance in the saints. All right, one more scripture. You go with one more scripture on authority? Mark 16, 15 through 18. Mark 16, 15 through 18. So Jesus is about to go back up and be with, with God. He's about to raise up. And why is it important that he's risen up? So that he can send the comforter, right? So he can send the Holy Spirit to live inside of us and be Jesus in each and every one of us to the world, okay? All right, so let's get over to Mark 16, 15 through 18. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and 
he who believes is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it by no means harm them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So he gives us, man, he gives us everything we need right there to be a triumphant church. A triumphant church that goes out and makes a difference in the world. Right? But the very first one that is listed here, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. So this must be pretty important to God, right? That we are able to get in there, into the muck and mire, help people out, deliver people, and then get them the most important news they've ever heard, right? The gospel. The power of God unto salvation. You got to kick out the devil and you got to put in Jesus, right? You got to put in the Holy Spirit. They need to be possessed with the Holy Spirit. We need to be possessed with the Holy Spirit. All right. Okay. So that is the foundation. So the authority of the believer is real and it's ours, I wrote down here. It is a delegated power, ability, given by and backed by God. I want you guys to say this with me. Authority is a delegated power, given by and backed by God. That's what it is. It's an ability that you have. Okay, and now we all believe it. Amen. Okay, let's talk about application. So now you, hopefully you're, you're feeling pretty convinced that, yeah, this, this thing called authority is mine. Again, we have to build these truths into our lives by meditating and feeding on them until they become a part of us, a part of our consciousness. Okay? So let's have the right heart. Now, you might, I'm, I'm big and bad. I'm going to go kick the devil in the teeth, and I'm going to have my way over all the powers of the enemy. And that's my attitude. Nope, that's not, that's not your attitude. That's not it. I mean, as guys, that's kind of our attitude. I get like that. I start yelling and shouting at them sometimes. Uh, but let's go to Luke 10, 17 through 20. Luke 10, 17 through 20. All right. Then the 70 returned. Jesus had sent out 70 disciples to, to go and do kingdom work. So the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We already read that. Nothing but shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven or in the book of life. And that... Man, that just hit me when I read that because I realized it's always been about one thing. It's about a father and his kids, right? right? He wants us to keep our eyes on him, the fact that our names are written in the book of life, that we are saved, and, and that also he has a real heart for everyone else, and he wants us to go out and do his work. Preach the gospel and bring people into the family of God. Amen? So that's our heart. We are always keeping our eyes on God. So that's where folks should be. Okay, let's talk about discerning when and how you're exercising this authority. So generally speaking, if you have natural authority in something, you probably have a spiritual authority there too. Okay, that's generally speaking though. So I'm going to give you plenty of scripture to, to go along with what I'm saying here. So we have authority in our own lives, amen? Amen. So any demonic attack coming against you, it could just be the influence of the enemy. We have authority over ourselves, for sure, 100%. 
So look at 1 John 4, 4. You don't have to turn there. You know this one, I'm pretty sure, but it's 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Okay, so you have authority over yourself. You can tell the devil to go at any point. So I'm going to give you a few anecdotes tonight. I just got done teaching a year of PE. Okay, I was a physics teacher for 15 years before that. Students chose to be in that class. These students are mostly going to college. And then I decided to teach PE, <laughs> which is nothing but freshmen, gen pop, right? I had everybody. I had everybody. And man, there were some kids in there. I had a, a surplus of knuckleheads all year. And so I'm every day dealing with confrontation, confrontation, confrontation. I'll tell you, after a while, it gets to you. It really, really wears on you, Okay. And it got to a point that even on my weekends and on my two-week breaks, I was thinking about these kids, these knuckleheads, and dealing with them. And I, was, and I realized I was being tormented. I mean, tormented by the enemy. It's one thing to have a healthy fear. Like, I was nervous to come up here and do this, right? Uh, you get up on a ladder in a tree, you're going to get nervous. Those are normal things. But when it's a tormenting or a harassing like that, it's usually the enemy at work. In this case, it was a spirit of fear. Okay, so I realized that because the Holy Spirit's awesome and he told me. And so I said, in the name of Jesus, and I do this multiple times, I rebuke you, spirit of fear. Stop what you're doing and get out of here. Right? Now, once you do that, it works. It works because your position you're seated with Christ. It works. But you shouldn't stop there. What should you do next? You should replace the fear thought with a faith thought. Right? You should replace the fear thought with a faith thought. So then I would say, um, I don't have a spirit of fear, but I have a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. And I'd meditate on that. Okay, power of love and of a sound mind. Those are spirit, just like that fear was a spirit that was trying to come after me. All right? And then from there, if you're still feeling the feels, because we all know what that's like, you start praising God. You just start praising God. You start thanking Him for all He's done for you, who He is to you, that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You find your favorite song, you start singing, and then pretty soon, any kind of influence is gone. Yes, come on. Okay? Now, you do this once? No, you're probably going to have to stand and do it again and again, but every time it works. Every time it works. So you say to that devil, you say, no, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Get out of here. Stop what you're doing. Amen. Okay, so then let's talk about other areas of authority. If you're a parent, you have authority in your kids' lives. You do. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Let's go over there. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. My wife said, you sure you want that book, that Bible? It's got really small writing. I said, I'm fine. But um, Okay, yeah. About to talk about how we have authority in our wives' lives, but they're a lot, they have really smart things to say to us that we should listen to. All right, but back to parents. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Hey, if, you, if you're uh, kids in here and we all have parents, guys, 
We want to live long on the earth. We want to do the work of God, right? Well, then you've got to honor your mother and your father. But the fact that we should obey our parents is an indication right there that the parents have authority in their children's lives, right? Okay. All right, let's look on to Ephesians 5.22. Ephesians 5.22. And the Holy Spirit's awesome, parents. He will tell you when the devil is messing with your kids. I don't want to get into praying in tongues and a whole other sermon, but, you know, you get in the Spirit there, the Holy Spirit will minister to you and tell you what's going on with your kids and what you need to call out, what you need to name out, and what you need to say, get out of my kid's life right now. It's awesome. God, you're awesome. Okay. Uh, And uh, here we go. 522. Wives, submit to your own husbands. As to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. What did uh, Christ do for the church again? Oh, he died for the church. He gave everything for the church? Okay. All right. So, husbands, don't let this idea of authority go to your head that you are just going to boss things around. You were there as a husband to your wife, to, to really help her out, to be her helpmate, just as she's your helpmate, right? Amen. And so you, you have the right as a husband to demand of the devil to stop his influence in your wife's life. You do as husbands, okay? All right. Now let's, uh, let's move on to another area, and we're going to go to Romans 13.1. So I know this is a lot of listing, but... I'm showing you that there is scripture on each and every one of these things to show us that we have a lot of influence as Christians for our loved ones and the people around us, all right? Romans 13, 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. So we are supposed to be subject to the governing authorities. Don't want to go down a rabbit trail here, right? I know a lot of us are thinking the same thing right now. If authorities are trying to keep us from worshiping God, that's not okay. And in that case, we, we say to God, no, nothing's going to stop me from praising my God and from serving my God and from being part of the church, right? Because the things of the world are peripheral, to the things of God, okay? But uh, as much as we can, as much as it doesn't stop us from worshiping God, we have to be subject to authorities that are put in place, all right? Now, this, this pertains to all kinds of things. It doesn't just have to do with governments. How about if you're a supervisor? How about if you're a manager? How about if you're a teacher like me? So you can be sure when I was dealing with those knuckleheads, what else was I doing besides taking authority over the spirit of fear that was trying to come against me? I was saying, I take authority over the spirit of rebellion, and the spirit of disobedience that Hosea is yielding to right now. <laughs> Under my breath. I wouldn't say it out loud to him. Stop right now in the name of Jesus. Now, I wasn't taking authority over the person. We don't have authority over people's wills. Can God make a person do anything? No. We're free will agents, right? We choose the Lord. We love God. It's a choice we make. So we can't be taking authority over people, but we certainly can take authority over the spirits that people are yielding to when it's in our sphere of influence and just where we're at, 
we can definitely do that. Now, is it probably going to kick right back up as soon as we leave? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I won't say anything else about those students. Okay. All right. That's enough. That's enough. No, no, no. I, I worked with some great guys this year, all Christian guys, and every morning we would pray, and we'd pray that the Holy Spirit would just intervene in their lives, you know, and, and use us in any way that he could to speak life into those kids' lives. We really did. Yeah. All right. All right, I'm going to go ahead and tell you another story. All right. So my beautiful wife, Anna, was, uh, she knows her word really well. Sometimes she knows more of it than I do, Okay. And she knows that uh, Christ is her healer, right? She knows that by Jesus' stripes, she's been healed. And she knows that he came and he, he bore our sicknesses and our infirmities. And she knows many other scriptures on top of that. But she was dealing with this physical issue uh, that wasn't going away. And, you know, we, we don't just do spiritual things. We do medicine, too. Supernatural and the natural come together. It's a mighty force. It's a mighty force. But still, she was having this physical issue persist. And so she had uh, an unction from, from the Holy Spirit. She knew that God was telling her to, to call Pastor Pam. And so she called Pastor Pam. So they had a conversation, and it turned out that Pastor Pam nailed it on the head. She said, you're dealing with a spirit of infirmity. You're dealing with a spirit of infirmity. And so Anna told me about their conversation, and we made a meeting with you guys, and uh, we came down, and this is what was awesome. We talked about what was going on. Pastor Pam had shared some things in her past, and it it just really gave it a lot of gravity, a lot of weight, what she had gone through. So we knew, hey, man, if she she overcame in the name of Jesus, so can can Anna, right? Because God is not a respecter of persons. Not a respecter of persons. So we have Anna, who has authority over herself, her husband, who has authority in her life, and her pastors, her spiritual leaders that she submits to, who have authority in her life. And we told that thing to go. We, we broke its uh, jaw, kicked it on the ground, and see, there comes the man again. But we got it to get out and go, right? Yes. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Praise God. Your pastors are wonderful resources, guys. Wonderful resources, and they're here for you. You, if you submit to them and their spiritual leadership, man, they, there's a covering there. They're gifts to the body of Christ, to this church. Um, but it's also on us as, as believers to grow up, right? And to help them in what they're trying to do here at Harvest. And help the younger believers with things like this and with things like, uh, you know, uh, life decisions and choices. A lot of things that younger pe- people deal with and there's only two of them. There's a lot of us. We need to help them out. Amen? Okay. <laughs> All right. He didn't even pay me to say that, guys. All right. So, and by the way, there is a, a verse, too, about pastors having authority in your life. Hebrews thirteen seven. You should go there. You could check that one out. I'm going to keep going for the sake of time. When am I done, Pastor? Oh, well, let's go to Hebrews 13, 7. We're good. Let's go. All right. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Remember, those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, our pastors, whose 
faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. Um, is that about where it, where it ends right there? So they, and it says here in the New King James, rule over you, but it, it has to do with their leadership over you spiritually, who has spoken the word of God to you. So they definitely have authority in your, in your life if you submit to, the, to that leadership. And it's good leadership, guys. Okay, let's get on to standing. So what happens when you exercise your authority in the name of Jesus and things are still persisting? I'm going to talk about that, and I'm also going to talk about something else that's, that's important too, about the fact that we are the church, therefore we are Jesus on the earth. Amen? Now, Jesus did what he already did, and where is he sitting? At the right hand of the Father, the place of honor, and we're his body. The head thinks the thought, the body does the action, right? The body does the action. So it is on us. It's not like I say, uh, you know, I rebuke you, spirit of fear, and Jesus is going to do it also. No, I don't say that because Jesus already conferred upon me the ability, the delegated power to tell that thing to go, right? Okay, so let's look at some scripture that has to do with that. Let's look at 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, 1 Peter 5. Eight through nine. Okay, so getting there. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He can't devour you. You can only give him permission by. Believing his lies by speaking the doubt that he's trying to tell you. He can't devour you unless you give him permission. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Resist him steadfast. Resist him. You resist him. You resist him steadfast. We have to stand in this. And we have to resist him, knowing that our authority comes from Jesus, and we're seated in Christ, with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named in this age and that which is to come. Amen. Okay. Resist him. Okay. And very similar verse, the, a good book into this is James 4 7. James 4 7. All right, James 4 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God. But I want to live like this. Submit to God. But I want to watch that thing I know I'm not supposed to watch. Submit to God. If, if he's dealing with you about something, you need to submit to God. And only you know what that is. I mean, we could say, yeah, there's these generalities and things that we shouldn't do as Christians, but there are some gray areas, and not everything is, not everyone is convicted about the same things as, as other people are in the, some of those little gray areas. But if you're getting dealt with by God, submit to God, and then you resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And what does flee mean? Run from as in terror. Run from as in terror. He will run from you as in terror because when he looks at you, he doesn't just see you, he sees Jesus. He sees Jesus. It's as if Jesus is saying the thing. 
because we're the body of Christ. Man, man, it's good stuff. And I know a lot of you know this analogy. You got your uh, traffic guard out there, right? And they've been given authority by the government to stand out there with their hand and tell the, the car to stop, right? That's delegated power. Can they stop the car? No. no. But everyone recognizes that delegated power and they put on that little vest and they say, stop, the car's got to stop. Do you think the first, pers- the first time that person went out and said, stop, they weren't a little nervous? Stop, I really hope this works. I really hope this works. <laughs> it worked. And then their confidence builds, right? And then it's not, no problem. And they're, they're, they're having fun out there with their whistle and their, and their power. Sometimes too much fun. I, want, I need to get to work. Get those kids across the street. All right. Anyway, so we have the, the right, and we also have, uh, through these two verses, I hope you can see, we have to stand even when it seems like things might not be working. We have to resist the devil. Steadfast in the faith. And when we do, he will flee. He will flee. So when you have those moments of doubt, though, and when you have have that, well, things aren't changing in the natural. What do you do in that moment? You look back at the Word of God. You look back at the Word of God and you read those promises to yourself again. And you look at it and you marinate and you meditate in it until it becomes a full persuasion to you. A full persuasion. An unwavering assuredness, which is a calm and coolness under pressure. Right? If things still aren't happening, what do you got to do? Start praying in tongues. If you have your heavenly prayer language, you need to start praying in tongues. You need to get downloaded. What's going on here, Lord? Is there anything else? Is there anything else? And if you're still not sure and things still are persisting, call our pastors, okay? But I'm telling you right now that this stuff is the truth. It is the word of God. We base our life on it, and it works. It works, amen? It works, okay? So we're not going to be moved by what we see, okay? We're not going to be moved by what we see. I want to show you two more scriptures. Yeah, I got time. Luke 4.35. Let's go there first. Luke 4.35. This was Jesus casting the devil out. These works shall you do also, he told us. These works, the works I do, Jesus said, you shall do also, and greater works than these. It's a funny statement from Kenneth Hagin. Let's just start with the works of Jesus. Let's start doing those works. And then uh, let's get on to the greater ones after that, right? Okay, Uh, 4.35. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. He's talking to the demon. And when the demon had thrown him in the midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves. What a word this is. Then it threw him in the midst. And there's other stories of Jesus casting out demons and the person thrashes around. Uh, the, devil, the devil tarries for a little while, right? But does that mean God's word didn't work? That Jesus' command didn't work? No. And in that moment, again, I'm reiterating here, you've got to hold on to the truth. What does the word say? The truth of God is true regardless of what's going on around us. And the demon came out. Let's go to Mark 9, 26 through 27. Mark 9, 26 through 27. 
All right. I'm going to back up a little bit into 25. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, He's dead. No, he's not. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. Right? So another great example of you cannot take what you were seeing out in front of you. We are not moved by what we see, what we hear, what we feel. What are we moved by? By what we believe. By what we believe. What do we believe? The word of God. The word of God, which never fails us. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, that your word never fails us. Thank you, Father, that we know that the devil is a defeated foe, that we are risen up to sit in Christ in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The devil does not have dominion over us. We have dominion over him in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for just revealing this to us and for giving us this ability that is backed by you and given by you in the name of Jesus. Thank you very much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, that's it. Amen. Awesome job. Way to go, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Good stuff. Lots of scriptures, lots of things, and it is. You know, if you want to really understand when he talked about the pastors, it's in Hebrews 13, 17, talks about, because I have to give an account for you before the Lord, because I'm responsible well, you know, you know, I know most people don't ever tell you that because they want you to serve them instead of the pastor serving you. But in Hebrews 13, 10, it talks about the reason that we want to do that and the reason that there's honor of those things is because I'm responsible for you. And I have to give an account to you before the Lord. And it goes on to say that I might do it with joy. Amen. Because I love all of you so much. Amen. So it's a great thing and it's a blessing. Praise God. I thank God. And it was a good word tonight. Amen. Good word. Because in these days, we need to understand we have authority, we, and we do have authority. We don't have to allow the enemy to just to, to run over the top of us. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, we're going to do what we always do at the end of Wednesday night. We're going to receive our, our tithes and offerings here. Hallelujah. And we need to, like as I shared before, some of you may not have been in here, they put the units up there. We're believing that the electrician and the uh, plumber is going to come and hook up the gas, electricity and everything. Really don't need the gas. That's for heat. We need the electricity for the ACs to work. So working on that. And uh, so by Sunday, everything will be all connected and we will be back to all the doors closed and being really cold in here. So it'll be nice, you know, and it'll be a wonderful thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So uh, praise the Lord for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. If you need an envelope, you can see that in the seat pockets in front of you. If you're going to give by online there, and you know, those of you watching, you can give online. Praise God. You know, we're believing the Lord. We're thanking God for his amazing grace, but we're thanking the Lord. He's going to continue to meet and supply all of our needs. Amen. 
Hallelujah. We believe that. Glory to God. So let's pray over this offering right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. We love you. We thank you. What a privilege it is to sow seed into the kingdom of God. Lord, thank you that you do meet and supply all of our needs. Hallelujah. According to your riches and glory. So thank you, Father. You have no problem opening up the windows of heaven for us. So thank you, Lord, as each one purposes in their heart to give, so let them give. Lord, you just love people who give cheerfully. And Lord, we thank you for that. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this offering right now. Amen. Well, I've got a couple of announcements. Then we're, we're going to end by praying for a few few folks that are here, or a few not here, a few folks that have asked for prayer. And uh, so... One of the things is, for all of you guys, parents, grandparents, if you tried to get on at the beginning of the service to sign up your kid for VBS, you found out that we, all the slots were uh, filled, and so you couldn't get in. And uh, so, uh, Miss Pam, Pastor Pam, she's a softie. We, we said a thing, this is what we're going to do, this is what we said, and she just changed everything. So there's 10 more spots opened up, so... You know, if, if they messed up in the beginning, go back and then you can get back on. You can still sign up. So sign up. We, you know, we're playing the freight to get everything here in time. And uh, we, that's why we try to keep her away from registration, keep her off the Internet, keep her away from things. But we love her. She just, you know, she just loves kids. So, uh, I, you know, bless, bless her heart. Hallelujah. She just, you know, we just got to expand things. That's all. So it's all good. Anyways, yeah, there's 10 more spots opened up so you can, you can come, okay? So, uh, uh, you know, we want to, want to do that. Amen. So, and that's going to be next week. So next Wednesday night, we're not going to have a service, but next Friday night, we're going to have a service with, uh, David, uh, Laughlin and his family, and it's going to be a really cool time. So we want you to come. Amen. And be blessed. And, and you'll, you'll really enjoy it. If you missed it last year when he was just doing it, you will really, really enjoy, uh, his, their production. It'll be a real blessing for you. You'll want to do that. Hey, two things, or not two, uh, three people to pray for. One, uh, Roy Maitland, uh, who is, uh, was been a part of our church for many, many years, suffered a stroke. He's, was in, he's in ICU in uh, Lodi Memorial Hospital. And I went today, the Northern Thal prayed with him, talked with him, praise God, and I'm believing God. You know, he, and just, just really was there with him and Stephanie. And so he's doing good. Thank you for all the prayers because we put on the prayer team and the prayer list. And that was a blessing. And so praise God. They're going to actually, tomorrow morning, they're actually going to get him up out of ICU and they're going to take him down for physical therapy. So praise God. See if he can, see if he can do some things. So we're just, we're continuing to lift him up, continue to lift her up and to believe God there. And then also, uh, there's a lady by the name of Claudia, right? Who's going in for open heart surgery tomorrow. And so we're going to pray for, for, for her. Amen. And believe God that the, God's going to, uh, you know, guide the, the doctor's hands. Everything's going to work out. It's going to be a blessing. Amen. And then there's another thing that I want to pray about tonight, and it's a little different, but it's actually for, for Daniel, which is, uh, you know, Bruce's son here. He's actually in the finals for the state uh, bull riding contest tonight. He's riding a 2,000-pound bull at 9 o'clock tonight in, a, in 55 minutes, 
And if he does good tonight, then he's going to be riding tomorrow night. And even if he doesn't, he's still got to ride tomorrow night. And we believe he's not going to get hurt. You know, but also we're going to believe God. Hallelujah. God just doesn't. I mean, he's crazy enough to get on a bull. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, you know, but he's done real well. And he's, like I said, he's in the, he's in the state uh, championships. So pretty cool. Amen. So we want to pray for him, and we're going to do that together. You ready? Father, we just thank you and praise you. We thank you for the healing power of God that's flowing and has been flowing into, into Roy. Thank you, Father God, because we've, we've been just bombarding heaven for that and really just lifting him up before you. We thank you for all that you're doing there. Thank you that it's working and, and, and moving in his body. And, Father, hallelujah, he'll be able to get up and to walk and to do the things he needs to do. Father, for Claudia, we thank you and praise you for your healing covenant, for your touch touching her life right now, but also, Father, this will be a success. This operation will be a success of where she's at with this open-heart surgery. We, we ask you to just be there. Be there. Let peace be in her heart. Peace be in her heart. Hallelujah. And, Father, we lift up Daniel to you, and we thank you for... First of all, your protection on his life. Even though he's getting on this, he's doing, it's what he's, he desires, what he's been trained to do. But Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah for your hand upon him. You let him do his best in Jesus' name, Father, and you keep him safe. Hallelujah. For no bulls stepping on him, no bulls goring him, no bulls knocking him in the head in Jesus' name. So Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, we just thank you for next week for VBS, for all the kids that are coming. Father, we, we were asking for kids to be born into the kingdom of God. For them to understand how precious, how wonderful Jesus is. Lord, we just honor you for that. Thank you, thank you, Father, for it. And we give you praise. We give you honor. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's all stand up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Good things are in store. And you guys all just agree with me that the electricians and all those guys will get it done and in time for everything we need to get to happen. Amen. All right. I love you. God loves you. You're dismissed. Be blessed.